We are live from the living room. I'm Blake Anderson. And I'm Colton Countryman. We're really excited to finally start doing this. We've been lifelong best friends and talked about doing something like this for a long time, and we're finally getting to it. So we're Yep, it's good to finally get it going. Yeah. So what we're going to be talking about is uh, this is a sports podcast. We're going to be talking about NFL, MLB, NBA, and college football. We'll talk about some – college basketball when March Madness comes around and we'll talk about soccer whenever the the World Cup happens because it's really the only time that the U.S. cares about soccer. It's kind of the same for March Madness too and NBA basketball or uh, college basketball. Yeah. And um, also too like I'm a huge Houston fan sports fan and I know you're you know I don't want to say it but you know you're a Dallas fan. (laughs) And um, go Cowboys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, we like the little rivalry we have and to kind of have a little fun. And uh, on this podcast, we're gonna we'll dissect a little bit of like Texas teams and also Houston and Dallas sports as well. I'll talk a lot about AM, Giga <laughs> Max. <laughs> so I'll try, to, I'll try not to okay. be biased when I talk about college football. <laughs> You know, I'm all right. I, I'm, not, I'm not too biased with college sports teams, so I'll set you straight. It'll be good. <laughs> that sounds good. So It'll be good, yeah. Uh, this is our first episode. What we're going to talk about is um, the recent pandemic, COVID-19, and how it's affected sports. Mm-hmm. Really, we'll, we'll give you kind of a, a history of what's been going on the past couple months and then progress to now and – some news that's happening right now. We have MLB opening season just started. NBA is starting later this week with Mm. their bubble. And we'll talk about a little bit about uh, NFL, what they're doing, how some of the players have been affected and what NFL has been talking about. And then finish off the sports with what college football is going to do. And then with a little question that came up, uh, we asked on Facebook the other day, finish off the episode. So, That'll be this episode. So starting out, um, talking about this timeline of this pandemic and and how it's affected everything. Looking back, MLB seems to be the first that was affected. And uh, MLB started reporting for spring training early in February. And (laughs) yeah, a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks in there, they they got shut down because of COVID. That's when kind of the sports world shut down was around in uh, late February and um, yeah the MLB met up and announced on March 9th too that they're going to continue spring training and open the regular season right. plan but they're exploring the options of having some teams in areas that have been most affected like <laughs> LA New York um, maybe play at a neutral site there was a lot of talk about MLB teams but, playing at facilities in Arizona um, yeah Back, Stick them in Area 51. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a UFO? No, it's a home run. That's a big <laughs> But But, yeah, they, they met up, and they, that was something that they talked about. But a couple days later, March 12th, MLB finally announced that spring training was canceled and that the start of the season was going to be pushed back a couple weeks. And and I think that's really whenever people started feeling the effects of COVID on sports and, and really when it started picking up, I know that's when I started working from home 
mm. myself and, and a lot of people um, were being affected by that with statewide shutdowns and, and having to work from home, quarantining for two to three weeks there. And uh, really just uh, trying to look to continue on. And, and I don't think anyone really anticipated it to be this impactful as it has been. Um, yeah, I mean, I think too, it didn't get real for people until the sports world shut down. Yeah, like that's when everyone started buying all the toilet paper. That's when everyone started freaking out, you know. So oh, I, I know personally, they're they're talking about maybe canceling the football season, and that's that's yeah. when it really hit for me. How you know I'm not yeah with that, and 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 that's when I started taking things a lot more serious. Um, right. And too, like, it's, it's bigger than like the professional sports too. Honestly, I think the ones who are more, who are most affected are like the high schoolers who, you know, maybe had potential to get a scholarship, a full ride scholarship for playing a certain sport and to like um, college, like all those people who, you know, you know, March Madness was the one that was affected. That was the big one that got really affected. And all those players that you know have had dreams of taking March Madness and going through that tournament. All those players who, you know, were showing huge potential and potential pro prospects and stuff like that. It all went, went shut down. I, I really um, part goes out to like all those kids and stuff that. Yeah, you know, college kind of, college basketball. Those seniors yeah. played their last played their last year of ball. They didn't get to finish the the March Madness tournament. They didn't get a champion or anything and. A lot of those players went ahead and went to the draft. And same thing with college baseball. I know that I think A&M only played 10 or 11 games and everything got shut down and happened. And, you know, those, those seniors, NCAA has been talking about granting another year of eligibility for people like that uh, in spring sports who really only got to play a couple games and have their senior season taken away. Um that because that, that's a pretty big deal um and you know that's that's a part of your life so oh yeah definitely. I know that's that's been in consideration um but a lot of those um, players too you know they only played 10 games and then they went to the MLB or they went to mm. the NBA so they were definitely affected that way and are going to lack a little bit of experience but moving on uh NBA season was going along and in April they announced that with 18 games left that they are going to suspend the NBA regular season after Rudy Gobert tested positive, was the first NBA player to test positive. And that's yeah. really when it shook the, the NBA world. And when it really got the talks of how impactful is this pandemic going to be on, on the NBA itself. Um, so NBA suspended the season indefinitely. And we're talking about, you know, when, when they were going to bring it back and, and they ended up moving the NBA draft, it was supposed to be in June. They moved it to October 16th um, after they would have guessed that they had finished the season um, and really just moving along there. Yeah, yeah the, the big things too is um, I think the big things that help get this affected, like with MLB and NBA is, you know, everything's getting pushed back and – you know, the startups and uh, getting shut down, it really kind of throws the players off in a loop too. And um, shorter spring trainings, shorter time to get ready for actually a startup again. So that puts a lot of players behind. <clears throat> and, 
you know, there's a lot of players from the MLB, NBA, and starting to be NFL as well, players opting out to not play in the season as well, you know, from people who maybe are backups to starters. It's, it's, uh, it's making some waves. It's going to be – it's going to put uh, teams at advantages and disadvantages as well with players opting out. Yeah, most recently, the Kansas City Chiefs starting right guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif opted out of his $2.75 million contract. And what the NFL kind of decided was that they're going to allow players to do this after meeting with the NFLPA. Um, you can opt out of your contract year. You don't have to play this year. And if they deem you a high-risk person, um, you get $150,000 for the year. And um, if they say, think you're not at risk, um, sorry, take that back. If you are at risk, you get $350,000. If you are not at risk, you get $150,000. So that was a pretty, pretty big move by the NFLPA and the NFL themselves. Mm. Um, definitely impactful on each of the players. So I'm, I'm sure as we get closer to the NFL season, we'll see more players opting out to do that. Um, definitely have seen that with the – NBA and the MLB having started, um, players are already taking a lot of opting out of their contracts and and kind of you know choosing not to participate with their teams this season. Right. <clears throat> and yeah, moving on back to the MLB and just so much has changed with um, how the structure of the season is going to be and everything like that. You know, from moving down to sixty games to you know shorter spring trainings all the new roles and everything like that. Like, you know, for national, national league, usually, you know, the pitchers go up to bat. There's no DH for that. Unlike the American league. Now it's going to be a universal a designated hitter, which is going to be huge as well. And um, one thing I think is really interesting is the role of no fans in the stands. It's seeing yeah. those cardboard cutouts looking like a, like an yeah. old early 2000s video game. Fans <laughs> in the stands. I was watching the the Dodgers Giants game yesterday, and yeah, I just it just felt weird, you know, you know, watching this game just cardboard cutouts and, and artificial sound that the stadium is coming out with or, or pre-recorded sounds, yeah, but uh, fans and noise. Which one do you prefer, though, the cardboard cutouts or the virtual fans they put in the stands for the cameras? <laughs> I think I'd rather a cardboard cutout, personally. <laughs> I, I, I know that seems a little weird, but I don't, I don't know. I think, I think that virtual, I, I don't know. To me, that's just kind of yeah. reaching. It makes, <laughs> makes me feel like I'm playing PS2 or something. Yeah, and it'll be the show. Right. Yeah. But, I mean – and then, yeah, it's just a lot changing too, like just all these different roles and um, well, obviously the social distancing and everything too yeah. that they're having to implement, that's going on for any sport too. Like, Yeah, um, no, no spitting, no sunflower yeah. seeds, no high fives, fist bumps. Mm -hmm. the, the spitting one I thought was interesting because that, that also counts like licking your fingers so pitchers can't right. lick their fingers so they have to keep a wet towel with them. Yeah, and believe like, it or not, that could pitch. actually throw someone off their game. Yeah. So, I mean, and too, like, there's kind of no point for ball boys and stuff or equipment people because everyone has to only, you know, whatever your what, whatever equipment is yours, you know, it has to be handled by you and you alone. So, it's, um, two and another thing is like normally in a regular, a normal MLB season, 
if the games got rained out or suspended or whatever, they would restart at a later date. And instead of fully restarting that game, it will they will rest, um, it will just be continued. So if it starts getting rained out in the sixth inning, well, at a later date, they're just going to start it back up in the sixth inning. Exactly how it was. So, thought another interesting rule change was the extra innings um, from now on to help reduce how many innings there that goes on. They are going to have a runner start on second, hmm. and and that we saw for the first time on Friday night with the Oakland A's and the Angels. Um, they started a runner on second, and after one inning. A has won that game seven to three. And so I think that rule was pretty effective in limiting the extra innings that were played um, based yeah. on that one game. We'll see how it continues in the future, if it ever gets there again or when it gets mm. there again. Um, and we'll just continue watching that. But I, I think that's a that's a really good rule. Yeah. Get in there. And personally, I feel like that's a rule that could that's going to kind of hang around because, I, I mean, there's times when you watch games and they're going three, four hours longer than what they should be. You know, that puts a that puts a toll on a team, definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, th- those extra innings definitely take, takes a lot from a player. From a, well, from, a bullpen, from a bullpen standpoint as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean. It, you it, all your guys in one game. And I agree. I think that's something that's going to stay in the MLB after. Um, and then also expanded playoffs. That's, that's going to be real interesting because mm-hmm. – you, they extended the playoff teams to 16 teams. So you yeah. can have a team who's maybe under 500 to make the playoffs, which is just right. ridiculous. <laughs> but, I mean, it'll be interesting uh, seeing that playoff structure and maybe a, a, a sub-500 team can make it to the championship. We'll see. You never know. Underdog story. You never know. You never know. Everybody roots for the underdog. The, moving on to the NBA – the NBA is scheduled to resume on Thursday with the Jazz versus the Pelicans as the first game, and they're taking place in the bubble in Orlando. And that was a really interesting concept that was brought up by the NBA, and props to the NBA and Adam Silver for coming up with this. Um, yeah. Made a $200 million deal with Disney to take 22 teams down to Orlando and stay at the Disney World Orlando Resort and really finish this game or finish this uh, season um, and determine the playoff seeding. So you have 22 teams at their resort, um, self-quarantining, can't leave. And if you do, you have to self-quarantine. And you have to have a double negative if you do leave – before you're yeah. allowed to resume practice with the teams. Um, but like we said, it's a, it's a 22 teams going down there to hash it out to determine the final seeding for the playoffs. And uh, games start Thursday and playoffs mm-hmm. tip off on August 17th. So yeah. looking forward to seeing how the remainder of the season pans out for the NBA. And, and again, a, a no fan situation <laughs> where uh, I don't know if you were watching the scrimmages the other night, but yeah, I don't know, it kind of looked like you're you're walking in off high school ball practice. It know? looked like you just went to the park and watched a pickup game. Honestly, yeah, just the sound. Really, what it looked like. And honestly, without the fans, without the crowd, you pay attention more to the game. Part. Like you really like dissect the game a little bit more. And honestly, them boys, they got some work to do, man. They look rusty. 
Oh, for sure. They do. But personally to me, like out of all the sports, NBA has did the best job for taking precautions and Agreed. making it the safest as it can be compared to any of the other ones. I mean, NFL, MLB, honestly, I, I was hoping that they were going to kind of see how NBA was doing it and maybe, you know, consider doing that as well. Having just one remote location, it would limit so much, so much exposure. Yeah, and I feel like the NBA is also better suited for something like that with how few players they have compared to NFL. You know, it's not a situation you can have with an NFL team when you have, you know, 55 or 54 or 53, mm -hmm. whatever it is, man roster. Right. Um, and you're having to deal with all these guys instead of, you know, 10 to 15 mm -hmm. per team. So, so they're, I think they definitely came up with a good plan, create the bubble in Disney world, have 22 teams go down there and hashed out no fans. Um, as we said, and the players, if they leave the bubble, they have to quarantine for 10 days, register to negative test. Right. Um, and players too, who, te who test positive are required to quarantine for a minimum of seven mm -hmm. and have to test a double negative before they can resume team play. And if they, if they do test positive, uh, players actually have the option to be listed on IR and back out of the bubble and go home. And just, yeah, and, and they get full salary for that too. Yeah, yeah. They, so they, uh, yeah, if they're yeah if they're deemed a high risk or they get tested positive, they can opt out, leave, go home. They get their full salary for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, now the guys who already opted out, they're not they're not getting paid for any of the games. Yeah. So, but I actually, like to, uh, uh, reported earlier, Lou Williams of the Los Angeles Clippers broke quarantine and went out to a strip club. <laughs> And yeah. came back, has to quarantine for at least 10 days and test a double negative. He also has to forfeit up to $150,000 in his salary, and he is likely to miss the first season game opener against the Lakers. Yeah, and that's a potential sixth man of the year, too. So, not, not, a, <laughs> great, a, not a great look for him and, and, no. and the Clippers organization. I'm sure, I'm sure the coach is really mad at him right now. Oh, yeah. They're running him some gassers. But, no, that, that wasn't a great decision by him. Yeah. But the, the NBA definitely has it figured out, and I think I agree. I think the NFL is going to have to really look at look to them for what to do. I know the NFL was supposed to be making a decision pretty soon on how they were going to handle the season, and they ended up pushing back that decision date to August. And I think what they're what they're doing is looking at the right. NBA and seeing how many players are going to get COVID from this, if any, um, how they're handling it and, and right. what's going to become of this in the MLB as well. Hmm. Um, those two sports really setting the example and the tone for what's going to happen for the rest of the sports. So I think if you're a football fan, you need to be paying attention to what's going on in the MLB and the NBA and, and really think yeah. about how that's going to impact your sport. Yeah. There's, there's still, um, there's still a possibility of NFL not happening. There's just pretty good possibility, especially with a possibility of another huge wave coming. It could shut everything down again. So you never know. And like the NFL, I know they've already decided to shut down preseason. So, which that puts another disadvantage on all the teams as well, you know, and all the guys who were unsigned, undrafted too. Um, yeah. That's, that's really hard for, you know, an undrafted free agent coming out of the, out of college trying to prove himself you typically prove yourself in, in uh, practice and in the preseason and now you don't really have that chance so 
you know, the, these coaches have a tough decision coming up. And, oh, yeah. you know, you, you really feel for those players, too, because, you know, this is this is their life, this is their job, and, you know, they they aren't going to have a really a chance. So Yeah, and you really think about it, too, though. You look at the starting lineup on every NFL roster, and uh, how many of those guys are actually probably third, fourth, fifth, sixth rounds, or even undrafted players, and they're actually starters, you know. So you well, actually like, – Like Adam Thielen out of Minnesota. Yeah, Adam Thielen, yeah. You know, he, he was a uh, – undrafted free agent I believe he spent the first year on the practice squad and then he did yeah he came into his own in the second so yeah he was actually um yeah it's it's crazy you know those come up stories those hidden gems that you find like that that can be you know game changers for your entire season you never know yeah so this uh this definitely affects those players you know and really they just got to hang in there and do the best they can. And if they get cut work for next season, I, th- I think next season's really going to be a good opportunity for a lot of players if it comes to that. But oh yeah, what, what do you think about talks of the NFL moving to spring? Honestly, I can, I would consider it. I really would because the main thing is you start it like you're normally going to start it when they're already predicting another wave around that time, around September. And so once games start, so what if you only get two, three games in, you're going to have to shut down just mm-hmm. like all the other sports had to do rather waiting, waiting till spring and seeing what this whole pandemic, what this virus is actually going to do again. I think it would be right to move everything back. I mean, think about it. High school and college are already considering it or already doing it. So I think it would be a really good move to make. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it's definitely something to consider. Um, and I, NFL is just a huge question mark right now. It's a contact sport. I know they've talked about coming out with uh, like face mask visors right. or, or mask or something. But I, players like J.J. Watt have said that right. <laughs> you know, they've tried that before and they, they couldn't make it three quarters and that they're not, right. not going to do that. So it's something the NFL is going to have to definitely talk to you with the NFLPA and figure mm-hmm. out. But with just this huge question mark right now, again, I think they're just going to continue to watch the MLB and NBA. And I think that's why they're pushing back their decision until August is kind of see how it affects them. And also kind of figure out, since it's a contact sport compared to the others, which aren't, you know, mm-hmm. how how can they come up with a model that would help a contact sport? Right. Um, but right now, what they have figured out is players have to test uh, two double negatives over first four days of reporting. Players start mm-hmm. reporting this Thursday uh, to their respective teams. Rookies are going to continue. Actually. What? I said the, uh, the rookies actually – uh, for most teams started this past Monday. Reporting. Yeah, they, they had a lot of players, a lot of those rooks report. And uh, they're going to continue that testing for about two weeks here. And, uh, and actually, from rookies, they actually, I think, 59 positive cases. Yeah, I saw that. that that's so many. And, and, you know, that's not really going to help their experience either. They're going to they're gonna no. be sitting out. If football starts on time, if it's in the spring, they would have that chance. But, I mean, there's another chance of not making a roster. Right. Well, it, it puts all the rookies at a huge disadvantage. Um, you know, there's some teams kind of like Houston, for example, who they had a really small draft class just because they're like, well, you know, they're not going to probably be 
they're not going to be helpful. They're, like, they're not going to be able to contribute this year because all of the all what's going on, they're not going to have time to actually prepare and get to learn the playbook and get some time on the field and practice. I mean, so it puts rookies at a huge disadvantage. It's definitely a veteran year. I actually do agree with that. I actually agree with Bill O'Brien on that. Yeah. And I, I think that's really a safe bet too, is looking, looking to your veterans and veteran free agencies. You know, these, these rookies are going to have a really hard time transitioning like this you know, really a lot of where they learn is the uh, training and in the preseason and you're taking that away. They're really getting thrown in week one and, and they're not going to really contribute because of that. No. So and they're going to mess up plays. They're going to mess up a lot of things. I definitely think if you have a rookie and a, and a veteran who are kind of performing near the same level, you're going to choose the veteran for your final final right. roster because of that too. So Yeah. Well, hell, even like a – a top 10 pick in the draft. I mean, even those guys, they're going to have learning curves. They're not coming in. No rookies really coming in full on ready to play right away. I mean, they all have a learning <laughs> curve. In Cincinnati, they don't really have a choice. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's going to be thrown to the wolves. Yeah. For sure. Well, Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But what we do know for the NFL right now, what they figured out is, you know, players – have decided or the NFL PA and the NFL have come to terms with players being able to opt out of the season. Mm -hmm. um, and owners have agreed to extend their practice squad rosters to 16. That way I think that really helps out the rookies where, you know, if, if a spot gets um, taken by a veteran, they can right. be moved to that, that practice squad position, still be making money and, and still learning where maybe right. the, called up from the practice squad later in the season whenever you're finally getting your bearings. Yeah, they actually – I think they're allowing 80 players per team for the season as well, not not your normal 53. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, mm -hmm. Really really providing that depth. And, again, the, those rookies or, or even, you know, veteran players who are still yeah. trying to prove that they, ha they still have what it takes to, to make it in the NFL – Right. Really, well, really two and all those, you know, last minute positive cases that could come up. Yeah. You know, so you, you have that depth and you're able to do that. And two, that's a that's another huge thing with the NFL. It could it could play a huge role. You know, if you do test positive, you're on IR for a guaranteed three weeks. So that's three games. So I mean, you lose your starting quarterback, man, that's probably gonna be three losses unless you've got a damn good backup or a damn good supporting cast, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think and it's. I think everyone's at a, like a really just level playing field, even if you have Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. I mean, you. It's. It's going to be a very interesting year if it actually gets played full and full to see who's actually going to be crowned the champion. Yeah, I think now more than ever, really matters about depth. Like, you know, you like you said, you have a starting quarterback go down, like uh, like Drew Brees or. Or well, they, I guess they have Jameis Winston now. <laughs> to, to yeah, that. but but, I mean, but other teams who have you know those those all pro quarterbacks with maybe a, a rookie or a one year veteran at backup are going to have to take control. So I think I think again it's important. You're not going to like it, but the Cowboys, you know, if Dak ends up getting. COVID, you got Andy Dalton back there, a veteran quarterback. Um, so I think that was that's a really good move and something to think about for other teams is maybe bringing on a veteran quarterback who may not be 
you know, as good or what you're hoping for might be asking for a little much on a contract, but they can they can provide you that depth. And if you do have a player that goes down because of COVID, you know, you can, you can send him in and he'll already know the playbook and we'll be ready. To right. Go. Right. Yeah, this could be the year we see the return of Shane Leckler, but not as a punter. He might be coming in to play some QB. <laughs> hey, he was the best best QB the Raiders ever had. <laughs> hey, that's true, man. That's a one hell of a completion percentage. <laughs> man, I bet he's a better option than Derek Carr right now, though. Hey, I'm not I'm not gonna talk smack about Derek Carr quite yet. <laughs> I think I think I think this is gonna be a good year for him. I really do, actually. Yeah. Or it should be. He's got Henry Ruggs now. <laughs> exactly. I, I think, though, I think the NFL and Roger Goodell are going to have to look at maybe starting this season in October. I think there's just too many questions oh, yeah. right now and too much going I on. I think so, too, and especially in so many states that are just too high risk. There's too many cases. Like, you know, here in Texas, in Houston, Harris County, I mean, it's it's getting really bad. It's getting out of hand, too. I mean, um. There's just some places that I personally don't think are actually safe to actually have sporting events, even if it's with no fans. Well, that's another thing you got to think about, too, is the travel. Like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk more about it with college football because I think it's more effective with them. But, right. um, yeah, the, the travel is something you have to think about. Like, maybe do you keep it a, a regional game? Do you do conference only? You know, that that's another question mark. The NFL just really hasn't hasn't said much about um, or even decreasing the number of games to, to 10 or so or 12. Um, it, it's, it's just really a lot to think about for the NFL. And it seems like not much traction has been made yet, but. Oh no, I think they are definitely behind because they're just butting heads. That's all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of it's having to do with the money, the whole money situation as well. I mean, um, no one's a happy camper right now with that. So. Yeah, the, the tension between the NFLPA and the NFL right now is, has been pretty high with with a lot of players opting out, not wanting to come back, and um, a fear of getting COVID and, and spreading it. Um, it has definitely created that tension where it, it's it's been lingering these contract negotiations and, and what's happening with this season. So that's something to look out for and definitely recommend just keeping an eye on, on that news and and what's going on and looking for that decision here in August, if any gets made. Yeah, if one gets made. I mean, we saw how, you know, MLB, they literally took it to the deadline to come up with an agreement. So, I mean, you honestly never know. There could not be an NFL season. So, hopefully there is. There's a lot of interesting moving parts with it, you know, like Brady going to Tampa. You know, there's so many – so many interesting th- interesting things in the NFL that I think a lot of people are eager to see. So hopefully that deal does get done. Yeah. So. so college football, big news. Past couple of weeks, the Big Ten announced that they are moving to conference-only games, and the Pac-12 has just announced that they're finalizing a 10-game conference-only schedule with a delayed start. They'll be looking at starting in late September. And uh, NCAA – pushed a decision on uh, fall sports to August. They're, they're talking about maybe pushing everything back until the spring, and that's something, too, another decision like the NFL that we're going to have to look at 
here in the next coming month is what they're what the NCAA is going to do. And I think they're going to talk and, and really try to mock what the NFL is doing a little bit. But going back to the travel, you know, you got you got a lot more teams going various different places and travel can be a huge issue. So I know that's something that they've been talking about is playing conference only and mm-hmm. they do play non-conference, um, like doing an eight conference or uh, eight game conference schedule and then two non-conference with uh, some regional opponents. Um, that That's definitely being talked about too. And one thing I thought was right. interesting that, you know, you kind of hope happens is after the Pac-12 announced that they are going to do conference only, TCU was projected to play Cal on September 5th. At the same time, Alabama was supposed to play USC. So Cal and USC dropped off both their schedules. They're both kind of regional Southwest. Mm-hmm. So maybe match up Alabama and TCU that weekend. You can see a pretty good matchup there. And one I'm, I'm really excited about and one I hope happens is on September 19th, Texas Tech was projected to play Arizona and oh, yeah. was projected to play Colorado. So those games aren't happening now. Maybe pair up A&M and Tech have a good old rivalry game that weekend. Right. Should bring in a lot of views. It'll be really good for the sport. And also it, it's that regional game that that's just adding another uh, game to your schedule. So I think yeah. that's really good and, and something to look out for for these college teams that they need to maybe consider. I, I personally think uh, an eight-game conference to – two game non-conference would be really good for this um especially looking at you have five conferences and if you're and if they don't expand the college football playoff you know there's only four spots and you're gonna have five conference champions you you can't really look at strength of schedule too much just in the conference only if you do the big 12 and the the pac 12 are going to kind of lose out on that and it's going to be a fight if you have 550 teams between the pac 12 and big 12 in there so I think that two non-conference games would really help figure out your strength of schedule and really determine that final seeding for the college football playoff right and I think too it makes the rivalries of the conference play it makes getting that conference title even more of a special uh, way of doing it this year with having those eight conference games I think it's a honestly I think it's a really good thing to do now, if only they could expand those playoffs, too, because I think there's a lot of potential teams that get left out every year in that as well. But, you know. Yeah, that's, that's something that they, I know, have talked about and a lot of fans have asked for is getting an 18 playoff. And the argument has always been against it. Well, you get eight teams, then people are going to want 16 teams, kind of one of those mm-hmm. give an inch, take a mile situations yeah. where – you know, you're, you're going to have something turn out like March Madness, like a, a 32 team playoff, which is what people are worried about. I that would actually think, be kind of cool, though, for football. <laughs> it would be interesting. That, that'd make for a long season. Um, it would, though, yeah. It'd be too much of a toll on the players. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely think that looking at a eight-team playoff structure would be really good. And I think I agree. It's that should maybe stay after this if they go on with it. Um People have been asking for it for years, and it really gets some better teams in there. And like you mm-hmm. said, it's really left off some teams who maybe should have been in it, um, who right. missed out because of one loss or something. But I, yeah, I think one loss, or they just come on late. You know, you never know. Yeah, they hit their stride, or they lost that first one or two games and hit their stride later. Right. 
I definitely agree. So yeah, that'll, that'll be something really to look out for is, is what college football is going to do with the season. If they're going to start late, if they're, if all the conferences are just going to end up doing conference only games, if they're going to do right. non-conference, when they're going to start, if they're going to push the spring, California actually recently announced that high school football is going to be pushed the spring. And that has mm-hmm. a big effect on the high school football players as recruits and the coaches. Cause now the coaches don't have the senior film to go off of. And maybe the NCAA, that's another thing that they do is they push national, national signing day, but national signing day is in February. Um, I think it's February 4th next year. And so you have to have these recruits committed and signed by then, but now you're pushing the, the, the sport to in the, in the spring after this. So you have a lot of players that in California now are choosing to forego their senior season who are going to keep training, but they're just going to enroll early at their respective college. Yeah. Well, I personally, I feel like it would be wise to push it back, push back national signing signing day, because I mean, yeah, you have those top tier recruits, but there's also some guys that, you know, they come on late in there too, or they're on the bubble. They're on the fence from being, you know, either a top two, top three, you know, three, four, five-star recruit. So, I mean, Definitely. I, personally, I feel like that's something that they're going to look into for pushing back just for the sake of those recruits. Definitely. I think you have to because, like you said, a lot of these recruits, you know, they, they hit their stride their senior year. And what player or coaches go off of too is, is that senior film. Right. Watching their senior film and how you think they'd fit into your system and watching the, it, their senior film is really the most recent film you have to go off of to get an That's idea. about it. Yeah. Now you're having to watch their junior or sophomore film because um, you never know. They could have been injured, um, missed out their junior year. We're going to get the chance to play their senior year, and now they're not getting that chance. So mm-hmm. players like that, too, you're, you're going to have to look at. I mean, they could be hidden gems. Um, so recruiting more than ever now is going gonna, is gonna to matter uh, to most of these coaches and, and really has to be emphasized. But I think I think the, that the NCAA will have to take that into consideration. I think they will. Definitely. Definitely do. And, you know, uh, going back to those regional games, how you would say, you know, eight conference and two regional games, that could play – in a big role in itself as well, because some of those games might be just give me games for certain teams. And some of those could be moved around to playing teams like Bama, you know, and I mean, we all know how Bama's just going to roll most teams this year. So, I mean, that could put a lot of teams that, you know, that could play a big role this year as well with those moving those games around. Well, also you, you have to really feel for those smaller teams, you know, those FCS schools that these large D1 schools like, like the Alabamas um, will, will pay really the, you know, the cupcake games. Um, right. Pay them 750000 to a million dollars to basically come get their, their butts handed to them for, yeah. for, a, for a game. Um you know, and now they're they're losing out on this money, and the, and those athletic departments could really use that money. Um, so now, you know, you're you're not having this. So, so it, it's it's good and bad. You're you're taking away from cupcake games, um, but you know, you're also taking away money from these schools that they could really use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as a whole, sports it's going to be just a huge dip in you know profits for all these teams from professional college. Like it's all going to be a it's going to be a big hit and probably even for 2021 as well. I'm sure. 
Yeah, that's something actually uh, going back to the NBA, Adam Silver in his office has been talking about the 2020 to 2021 NBA season, pushing that back. And also maybe starting with 15% to 20% capacity for fans to come in still under consideration. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll see how that goes and how that plays yeah. out. Yeah. All up in the air with depending on when we can get a control on this uh, virus and when a vaccine can be distributed and everything like that as well. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, yeah, I think for 2021, I feel like it's, whether they all do it this year or not, like for football, for pushing it back or not. But I feel like sports next year is going to be pushed back. They're going to, they're going to be at later start times than their normal. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. And it, um, it, I think just for safety precautions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it and see, you know, a, a major driving point for all this though is how COVID is affecting the United States and, and um, how, how many cases are on the rise or, or going down and how many each state has, you know, that, that'll definitely play a role for the regional, how many COVID cases are uh, in your state or, or regionally around you to be able to play your games and maybe have fans, you know, maybe like California is being really affected, but Kansas over here has, is progressively getting better. and how are you going to handle maybe like the Kansas city Royals going out and playing the angels Mm -hmm. uh, or vice versa. So that'll definitely have an impact impact on sports across the nation on how it's doing. So keep track of COVID and, and the cases and go out there and wear a mask whenever you get outside. Wash your hands. Don't get COVID like Blake. Yeah. Yeah. I got tested positive for COVID. (laughs) It's okay guys. I'm good. I'm still alive. It will survive. It actually, it was kind of like a cold, honestly, for me. I know yeah. it affects everyone different, but for me, it was just like a little cold. So we're we're good now. <laughs> good to hear. So finally, I went to Facebook the other day and I asked this question. I saw a lot of people commenting on different threads about sports this year. And some people have been making the argument that the champions of the sports – you know, the, the MLB champion, NFL Super Bowl winner, or the NBA champion after the bubble are going to get an asterisk on their, on their championship. So my question is, do you think it's fair that these teams get an asterisk, or do you think that everyone had an equal chance to face this adversity and the winners are going to be the one who faced it the best and prepared the most? Yeah, I think it's exactly of who is going to prepare the most. Honestly, I, I don't think it's going to be frowned upon or anything on who wins this year. or this, I mean, every team is going to be at a disadvantage. I mean, with everything going on, you don't know what players are going to get positive. You don't know if there's going to be stoppages in the season or anything like that. So with all so much of being of unknown with all these sports going back to play, you know, I think, if anything, it's probably going to be one of the better championships to win. I mean, 2020 in itself is going to stand out. It's always going to stand out, especially in the sports world. I mean, so I do. I personally think that it's going to be more of a worthy championship this year, personally. I agree. I think, I think people are going to give it an asterisk regardless. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everyone had the same opportunity, same chance. I think it's really who handled the adversity better and who faced the challenge, who followed the guidelines and who, who kept at it. And it really comes down to the players. How much training did you put in on your downtime alone? You know, were you oh, yeah. spending your, were you spending your summer, you know, just hanging out at home or were you, were you working out watching film and getting better? Um, right. so, so I think this champion, I, for me personally, doesn't have an asterisk, asterisk. I think that people are going to anyways, but a championship's a championship. You can't take that away. And, oh, and, you know, they work for it and they deserve it. So I think that it, it's, it's definitely going to be a year to remember 20, 30 years from now when they're talking about it too. And they'll be talking about how this, these teams won these championships and how they got to that point. You know, it's it's going to be something that's going to be talked about for a long time. Oh, yeah. Be on the lookout for those COVID 30 for 30s on ESPN for sure. <laughs> all right. That's all the time we had for today. Uh, we really appreciate you turning in, and we'll be uploading a new episode every Monday, so be sure to keep up with us every week. Again, I'm Colton Countryman. I'm Blake Anderson, and this is Live from the Living Room. Living room.